InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. From appliances to chargers, gadgets, and just the basics of life these days, it seems there's one common denominator, energy. And of course, it comes at a price. InfoTrack's Taryn McCall is here to take a look at some ways you can save. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. If you want to reduce your carbon footprint, you're looking for ways to reduce your energy consumption, and Elton Sherwin Jr. is here to tell us how to do it. Mr. Sherwin is author of Addicted to Energy, a venture capitalist perspective on how to save our economy and our climate. Welcome to InfoTrack, Mr. Sherwin. A pleasure to be with you. Now, I grew up in an era where kids got yelled at for leaving a room without turning off the light or the TV. Now there are so many more electrical items that can be left on or sap energy even if they're not being used. What are some of the biggest energy wasters in the average home? Well, it varies from home to home, and one of the reasons to get a little monitor is to wander around or have your children wander around and try and find it. About half of the electricity in America ends up going to electric motors and pumps. So in both business environments and in home environments, things that have electric motors, air conditioning compressors, pools and spa and the like, tend to be very large users of electricity. And then for people who don't have a pool or don't have air conditioning, don't have things with big electric motors in it, often the new HDTV, the set-top box, the cable box, the satellite can be surprisingly large users of electricity. You mentioned people can walk around with a meter and figure where the energy waste is. Where can they get this meter? What's it called? It's called an easy meter. You can order it on Amazon. Sometimes you can find them at Home Depot and some of the big box stores. But for someone who's a gadget-loving person and has always wondered, gee, I wonder how much electricity that TV or stereo cabinet actually uses, you can track down some amazing culprits. They're kind of referred to as energy vampires and those sorts of appliances that are on standby where you might not have the unit on, but it's still pulling energy. Is there a way to get around it without disconnecting the whole unit? Granted, you could maybe do that with a stereo, but if you try to do that with your cable system, your satellite, you're going to wipe out all your presets and it's not going to be an easy thing to restore. No. Some of them use so much energy, they should just be replaced. So there are instances, particularly with pool pumps and air conditioners, where when you look at how much energy they're using, it actually makes economic sense to just go replace them right away and buy the most efficient version of whatever it is. But most of the time for like home stereo components and TVs and set-top boxes, You kind of have what you have, and there are really two strategies for dealing with it. One is you put the things on power strips, and you manually turn them off and on, or you get a smart power strip, and you let the smart power strip turn them on and off. So in my house, we've got five smart power strips, and our TVs, our computers, and our one remaining stereo system that hasn't been replaced by an iPod has one on it. And what that does is it takes a look at the primary TV, and when it's on, it powers up the DVD player and all the speakers and so forth. And when you turn the TV off, it turns off the power to all of those other devices and kills their standby power. But of course, as you point out, there's some devices like your DVR, your recorder, your TiVo, you can't kill the power to. But there's a surprising amount of vampire power in most homes 
that can be unplugged when it's not using, either automatically or manually, and you can save a fair amount of money doing that. We're talking to Elton Sherwin, Jr., author of Addicted to Energy. Now, you are a venture capitalist investing in clean energy technology, and this book goes into great detail about how commercial buildings can become more energy efficient. What are some of the initial steps that can be taken to make more energy efficient buildings? About 80% of the energy in American buildings is wasted. To say it a little bit differently, the Germans can build a home that is more comfortable, has better air quality, and uses one-fifth to one-tenth the amount of energy per square foot or per person compared to the typical American home. The ratio is about the same for commercial buildings. And what's stunning is that if you compare two commercial buildings that look about the same, you've got the same kinds of people doing the same kinds of work, there's often a three- or four-fold difference between how much energy one building is consuming versus the other. The big hitters in a building are the lighting, the stuff you plug in, and the heating and the air conditioning system. So when you find a building that is sipping energy and has a small utility bill, typically the air conditioning and the heating system have been well designed. They have been a little bit careful on what things they've bought. They've bought ones that are Energy Star rated, and they've got a modern lighting system. And the building that's got the big utility bill typically has an older lighting system and just exactly the reverse. It sounds from what you're saying about this and actually for homes, a big key is to ramp up R&D and manufacturing in this country that will satisfy some of these requirements and get more of these products into the pipeline. You outlined some steps that the president and Congress should be taking to help get us there. What are some of those? Well, one of the biggest things that we could do would just be to accurately grade these products and these buildings. In other countries, for example, the TV sets are graded A through F. In the U.S., there's been a big movement to not put letter grades, and for many products, they're not even labeled at all. There's been a push in the U.S. to try and label TVs, and the manufacturers have come back and argued that the labels should be put on the back of the TVs, which, of course, doesn't really help you when you're in the store shopping for something. So the same thing, interestingly enough, is true for buildings. I think there are a lot of people who work in buildings who, if they knew that the building that they were in was a D or a D minus and using four times as much energy as the building next door, people would go, what is wrong with our building? And there'd be a lot of movement to uh, fix those things. So I think one of the most important things that we can do as a society is not keep the data about how efficient or inefficient the electronics, the appliances, and the buildings are to try and get more of that data public and to try and get it posted where people can see it. And I think you would see a tremendous amount of innovation and a tremendous number of American jobs created if we could get the data out there where people could see it. Addicted to Energy, a venture capitalist's perspective on how to save our economy and our climate by Elton B. Sherwin, Jr. And is there a website where listeners can get more ideas and information? Yes, eltonsherwin.com. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Elton Sherwin. Great luck with the book. Well, thank you much. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.